Hello and welcome to Super Great Kids Stories, wise tales from storytellers around the world, which will make you laugh and sometimes cry. Recommended for ages 5 to 105. I'm Kim and I love stories. Hello Super Great Kids and how are you? I hope summer is going well and that you're keeping cool. Last week, the story was from the US Virgin Islands in the Caribbean. This week's story is from Germany. Germany is in Central Europe and shares borders with nine other countries. Its capital is Berlin and its flag has three stripes of black, red and gold. Our current theme is trickster stories and if you're not sure what trickster stories are, well... They're stories with clever characters who are often animals who trick others in order to get what they want. Hands up if you like trickster stories. Ha! Me too! This week's story features a new trickster, not a Spider-Man like Anansi, but a little boy called Till Eulenspiegel, or Till Owlyglass in English. He is quite a scamp a bit of a rascal. Before we begin, can you think of any other stories with tricksters in them? I'll give you a clue. Coyote from North America, he's one trickster. Can you think of any stories with Coyote in? And Loki, who is the Norse god of mischief, is another. And of course, Anansi the Spider-Man from the Caribbean and West Africa is another. See how many trickster stories you can think of while we have a quick word with the grown-ups. Hello, super great kids. I'm back. Did you think of any trickster stories? Well, there's a Nancy and the hot pepper soup, a Nancy and the party, a Nancy and the magic pot, remember that one? And a Nancy and tiger fat. And Spider, Coyote and the Big Old Tree. And Coyote and the Stars. And there's Loki and the Wall of Asgard. And Loki and the God of Thunder. Now it's time for this week's story. It's told by Tiernan Duyem and it's called The Pranks of Till Owlyglass. Are you sitting comfortably? Am I sitting comfortably? Then let the story begin. Snip, snap, snout. Story jump out. Here's Tiernan. Have you ever been told off for causing mischief? Perhaps one of your grown-ups has complained because you've been pranking your siblings, getting up to rascally antics, or generally being a bit of a clown. I certainly did when I was younger, and I wish I'd known then what I'm about to tell you now. By being a pest, a nuisance and a scallywag, you are continuing something which children have been doing for hundreds of years. Yes, that's right, some children, and in fact adults too, have been complete scamps for a long, long time. 
Take Till Eulenspiegel, or Till Owlyglass, as we might say in English. He is a legendary prankster or trickster who's appeared in German stories for over 500 years. There are many, many stories about the antics of Till and the many ways he played all kinds of silly tricks on others. So, next time your grown-ups complain, you might like to tell them some of the stories about Till Eulenspiegel that I'm about to tell you. To show that you aren't causing trouble, you are merely following the well-trodden path of many a professional prankster, and they should be proud. The first of these tales goes back to when Till Eulenspiegel was young, possibly the same age as some of you listening right now. Even as a small boy, Till loved pranks and tricks, and everyone in his town knew it. They'd either been tricked by him themselves, or they'd heard from their upset children how they'd had a trick played on them by little Till. In fact, all his neighbours complained to each other and to Till's father that the boy was a ne'er-do-well and always up to no good. Till's father, whose name was Klaus, could not imagine such a thing. He adored his son, and he wouldn't hear a bad word against him. But one day, Klaus had heard so many complaints about his dear boy, he thought it best to have a chat with him. Till, he said, why do all our neighbours keep telling me that you are a trickster? It's all I hear about every time I see them, and they're not happy with your behaviour at all. Now, Till was really good at acting. Even if he'd been causing trouble one minute, he could make it seem like he was being a complete angel the next. And so he smiled an angelic smile and insisted to his father he had no idea what these grumpy neighbours were talking about. Oh, father, he said, I do nothing to nobody. I am an innocent boy, not a prankster at all, and I would like to prove it to you. Till's father was curious. Take me on a horseback ride, said the clever boy, and I will sit right behind you and stay completely quiet. Those busybodies and neighbours will always still say mean things about me, even though I'm good as gold. I do nothing. You'll see, it's just what they're like. And father, it's not my fault in the slightest. Well, Klaus believed his son, because why would his good-as-gold boy be doing anything other than telling the truth? And so the two of them travelled through the town on Klaus's horse, with Till sitting behind his father. As they rode along, the first thing Till did was to turn around, stick his fingers in his ears and stick his tongue out at the crowd. Can you believe it? Well, his neighbours certainly couldn't. <gasps> they said, what a rude child, they shouted, and what an awful little boy, as Till and his father went past. Klaus was confused by all the shouts, but before he could even turn around and see what Till was up to, his son reassured him. You see, father, here I am, sitting in silence, being so very good and not doing anything to anyone, and they still shout at me. They still say, I'm the troublemaker. Klaus couldn't figure out why everyone was being so rude, so he decided to put Till in front of him on the horse, and that way he might just see what was going on. Till sat there, 
like a perfect angel, very quiet and very still. What Till's father couldn't see was all the faces Till was pulling at everyone they passed. He stuck his tongue out, he did silly grins, he squashed his face and made himself look as ridiculous and gruesome as he could, all without making a sound. So, once again, people ran up and complained to Klaus. Your boy is just so rude. But as far as Till's father was concerned, his son had now sat, quiet as a mouse, a perfect puppet all along. Till, he said to his son, you must have been born on an unlucky day. You have been so good and you have done nothing to anyone. Yet they say what a horrible boy you are. <sighs> Perhaps we should move from this area since the people here are not nice at all. And so it was that Till's father moved the family to a different town, never again returning to the area where everyone was so rude to his polite little boy. And do you know, he never discovered the truth for as long as he lived. Oh, what a cheeky boy, what a scamp. And as Till Eulenspiegel got older, do you think he got better behaved and less of a prankster? Why, no, of course not. As a young man, Till travelled across Europe and he found himself visiting lots of schools and colleges. And at each one, he would try his best to convince the teachers that he was the cleverest in the world. Yes, Till would insist, he knew every subject there was and all the times tables and all the languages in the world because he was actually very, very smart and had travelled. Because he was actually very smart and had travelled lots, Till did know many of the answers to the questions that people gave him. But, as I'm sure you'll already know, he wasn't that interested in being right or even in showing off. He just wanted to annoy everyone and wind up as many posh people as possible. At one particular college in the city Erfurt, right in the centre of Germany, the teachers and the head teacher of the college had heard stories about Till long before he arrived. They had read about his trickery and decided that should he turn up at their doors, they would definitely not be fooled like others had. We won't let him trick us, said the head teacher. We must think of a special problem that he will not be able to solve. They sat around and, after much thinking, decided that they would say to Till that if he was as good a teacher as he said he was, then he should be able to teach a donkey how to read. They delivered a donkey to the inn where Till was staying and presented him with the challenge. Oh! Absolutely, said Till, full of confidence. That is not a problem at all, but you do have to understand that since donkeys aren't very bright animals, it could take a little while. OK? The head teacher wanted to know how long Till thought it might take. Um, I reckon at least 20 years, said Till, who thought that 20 years was such a long time that the head teacher would probably leave the school before that, which as far as Till was concerned would be the best result. But surprisingly, the head teacher agreed, and Till then said that as a reward for achieving such a miraculous task, he would need 500 silver coins. Again, surprisingly, the head teacher agreed and gave him the money straight away. And then they left Till alone to start his reading classes 
with the donkey. As soon as they'd gone, Till found a very big old book and put it next to the donkey's tasty lunch of hay with all the pages opened. He carefully put some bits of hay in between all the different pages of the book. And the donkey watched him. And as soon as Till moved away, the animal tried to get the hay so he could scoff it. After a few minutes, the donkey worked out for himself that he could use his nose to turn the pages to reach it all. And then, when he'd eaten everything and there was nothing left, he made a very sad donkey sound. How do you think that sounded? Mm-hmm. That's right. Ee-ah! Ee-ah! So, Till gave him a bit more food. And Till did this every single day, laying food in between the pages of the old book, and when the donkey had found it all, he would say, Ee-ah! Ee-ah! After a few weeks, Till invited the head teacher of the school to come and see just how much he'd already trained the animal. The head teacher found this hilarious and, of course, agreed, cheekily asking Till, Oh, has he managed to learn something already then? And, of course, Till very confidently said, Yes, of course, he's a very good student and I'm a very good teacher. He's learned a few letters of the alphabet and how to say them, which you have to admit is pretty amazing for a donkey. The head teacher knew Till had to be tricking him, but he went along with it, assuming there was absolutely no way that this could be true. So he hurried over to the inn where Till was staying and brought several of his top teachers with him, with strict instructions for them to watch out for any pranks from this tricksy troublemaker. Till happily led them to the stall where the donkey was waiting. He hadn't fed the donkey all day, and so, as soon as he laid out the book, it very quickly started turning all the pages with its nose, looking for some lunch. But Till hadn't put any food between the pages this time, and so the poor donkey complained very loudly and angrily, saying, Can you guess it? That's right. E-ah! E-ah! See? said Till to the head teacher. He's already learned E and A. Tomorrow I will teach him I and then O and you too. The head teacher and his teachers were furious. Their faces went red with rage until very quickly let the donkey out of the store to free him and gave him some hay because he was quite kind-hearted really. And he told the donkey to escape. And then Till ran up to his room where he'd already packed his bag, took the silver coins he'd been paid and quickly left town to find the next person to trick. And as for the head teacher and all the other teachers, they learned a lesson that day that maybe they just weren't as smart as they thought they were. And that is why, to this day, people think of Owly Glass not just as a trickster, but also as quite a wise person. Because sometimes his pranks taught people rather a lot about themselves too. So you see... By being mischievous, you might just be carrying on the important work of that German trickster, Till Owlyglass, and even helping people to understand themselves. Well, that's one excuse you can and should definitely try using. And if that doesn't work, maybe see if you can impress your friends and family by teaching a donkey to read. Thank you. I can really imagine Tien and telling jokes and playing pranks on people when he was in school. Can you? 
I'm not sure that I could teach a donkey to read like Till Owlyglass did, but I have taught my dog to play hide-and-seek with cuddly toys. She's particularly good at finding them if they have a treat hidden alongside them. Now, it's time to have a dip into my bag of happies and say a big thank you to some owlets who've been hopping into our nest and supporting our podcast. Over to Marseille in France first to say hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo and hello to new owlets Charlotte, who is four, and Victoria, who is seven. They listen every night before bed. Charlotte loves the kind badger story from Japan and Victoria loves the four dragon story from China. Victoria drew a very imaginative picture of the four dragon story with multicoloured dragons blowing into the rain clouds and people dancing in the puddles. Thank you for that, Victoria. It's super great. And hello to your grandma, Fleen, who lives in England. And and thank you to Gwenna, who lives in Maryland in the US. And to her grandma Lucinda, who also lived once upon a time in England. Oh, and she's a storyteller. Lucky you, Gwenna, having a storyteller to tell you stories. Welcome to the Owlet Club. And now, let's fly to Virginia in the US and say hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo and hello to Ronan, who joined the Owlets Club for his sixth birthday. Ronan loves listening to stories at home and in the car. Welcome to the club, Ronan. And hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo to superfan Nirvana, who listens to the stories every day with his family in Australia. Nirvana lives sometimes in a quite remote part of Australia, in the bush, just outside Mullumbimby, near Byron Bay. And sometimes he lives in the city in Sydney. Lucky you, Nirvana. You're like the town mouse and the country mouse. Some of Nirvana's favourite stories are How the Mosquitoes Became, The Monster in the Maze and How the Snakes Got Their Poison. Nirvana has a big snake living in a pot outside his front window. It's a python. And he sent a photograph of it. How interesting to be able to watch a snake so closely. And thanks for your picture of a Nancy and the Magic Pot. I wonder what a Nancy would do if he found a snake living in his pot. And to Owlet's Jameson, who is six, and Island, who is three, from Atlanta, Georgia, in the US. They listen to the stories on the way home from school and love hearing the different accents of all the storytellers. Jameson likes the scary stories and Georgia likes all the stories with songs. Ah, I'm with you there, Georgia. I like the song stories too. I wonder which is your favourite song. And over to Nashville in Tennessee. And and welcome to new Apple subscriber and Owlets, Elijah, who is four, and Connor, who is one. Elijah's favourite stories are The Crow and the Jug and The Ghost of the Bloody Finger. Happy listening. And thanks to those of you who've given us a tip on Kofi this month. 
A big thanks to Aidy, who is seven, and Ewan, who is five, from Adelaide in South Australia. They both love Nora and the ackee fruit. And thanks also to Kit and daughter Penny, who is five and lives in Bastrop, Texas, who is a huge story fan. Penny has drawn a super spooky picture of the ghost with her bloody finger. I do like all the blood around your ghost, Penny. I'm glad you enjoyed that story and well done for being brave. And thanks to all of you budding artists who sent in creative pictures recently. Lots of imaginative pictures of giants this week. Some with two heads, some with three heads. Here are my pics of pictures for the week. Thanks to five-year-old Shay from Revelstoke in Canada, who's been listening to every story since Super Great Kids Stories first began nearly three years ago. Now that is dedication, Shay. Shay sent us a lovely picture of El Cangrejo, the bullying crab. I really like the big cloud of angry mosquitoes which you've drawn hovering over the crab, who is pictured sulking at the bottom of the pond. Really good. Well done, Shay, and well done too to your dad for encouraging the artist in you. And thanks to Year One in a school in Southampton in the UK who have sent in wonderful pictures of a Nancy and the hot pepper soup. Toop will be well pleased to see all of your artwork. Thank you. And Evie, who is seven, and her brother Harry, who is five, who live in Tasmania, are super great illustrators. They've drawn marvellous pictures of the Brazilian story The Beast Who Wants a Feast. Evie, your beast is fantastic. So huge and hairy, swinging his long arms about. I love the detailed pictures of all the rainforest animals which he put into his sack. And Harry, your greedy beast is terrifying with its green fur, big eyes and extremely sharp claws. Great pictures for a great story. Thank you both. And Super Great Kids fan Willow, who is six, from South Africa, loves dragon stories and sent us a really good drawing of the story from China, The Four Dragons. Great to see your dragons playing hide-and-seek in the sky together. And I think that's Story Owl joining in the game too. I really like the way you've given each of the dragons different characters. Very imaginative. Thank you, Willow. And thanks to super great artist Henry, who is six and a half and lives in Lake Oswego in Oregon in the US. Thank you, Henry. Your picture of the lonely giant is lovely. I like the way your giantess is swinging the lonely giant by the ankle around her head and back into the sea. Just brilliant. I really like the way you've made her look so angry and the way you've used the black for outlining too. It's really good, thank you. That's it for this week. If you'd like to see some of these super great drawings, they're on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash stories. Do send in your pictures for us to share on Facebook with other story lovers. If you'd like to send a picture, either attach it to our Facebook Messenger or scroll to the bottom of our website at supergreatkidstories.com. Now, 
If you'd like to help Super Great Kids Stories, here's two ways you could do it really quite easily. We'd love you to vote for us in the Listener's Choice category at the British Podcast Awards. To vote, go to www.britishpodcastawards.com forward slash voting or look for the link on our website at supergreatkidsstories.com. We really appreciate your support. Thank you. Oh, and another way you can help us is to tell your friends about us and share the stories with more people. It helps us to grow and keep making more Super Great Kids stories. Meanwhile, do keep telling your stories to anybody who will listen and singing your songs. See if you can find a really easy story to tell and surprise someone in your family by telling them your version of it. See you soon. This story was recorded at Wardour Studios in London.